Welcome in, friends, to this first episode of No Pulpit Required. My name is Bryce Bowers. I'm just so glad that you've decided to spend a few times with us here in conversation as we talk with our senior minister here at Country Club Christian Church, Carla Aidy. Now, for those of you that go to our church, you know that Carla's on sabbatical right now. However, before she left to go on sabbatical, her and I sat down to have a bit of a conversation about this thing called spirituality. I think in our culture today, we've had a lot of um, this subject kind of bubble up to the surface, that of spirituality, without really kind of defining it or kind of putting our hands around it. So today, Carla and I are going to talk about um, what she called everyday spirituality, how to deepen one's awareness of God without becoming a monk, um, which I think is something that we all strive to uh, deepen our spirituality, but maybe don't always know how to do it. And so that's what our conversation focuses around today. It's a fun conversation. Um, Hope you enjoy it and uh, let's get to it. Well, hello, Carla. It's so nice to have you here today. I'm excited. This is going to be fun. Yeah. So for, uh, as I men- just mentioned, this is our first one of this, and we are doing this, recording this before Carla goes on sabbatical. So if anyone is confused as to why they're hearing her, this is coming from the past, and I hope everything's going well in the future as, as you all listen to this today. Um, but it's so good to have you here as you get ready to go on your sabbatical. And I know you're going to be going off to kind of more faraway places, and so Kind of just start us off on this conversation here. We like to ask a little warm-up question. Um, so when you uh, are going abroad, you might not have as much access to your smartphone. So my question for our little warm-up conversation, if you had to delete all but three apps from your smartphone, which one would you keep and why? All but three. That's a hard one because I have a lot of apps. But one that I would definitely keep right now is the WhatsApp app. Mm, um, and yeah. just today I communicated already this morning with people in Tanzania via WhatsApp and with a friend of mine who lives in India. So that's one that I would definitely want to hold yeah. on to. And I'm trying to get people to move to WhatsApp for international communication. Yeah, so that's really, big. That's yep, big all around rely the world. On that one. And then another one I don't think I could live without is my podcast, my purple podcast app. Oh, like the Apple Podcast. Apple Podcast. Yeah, yes, there you go. Exactly. I, I've I've had to move around, but I've not tried Apple. But I'm sure they're the they're the ones that did, started this whole thing. Yeah. So I love listening to podcasts in the morning when I'm getting ready for the day, or if I'm on a walk, or if I'm cooking dinner at night. I just love listening to a lot of different podcasts. What's your favorite one? Oh, there's so many. Um, I, I guess my favorite one is On Being, but I also like The Daily, mm-hmm. and I love The Moth, and um, I love my, probably the one I've listened to the most is called Pray As You Go, which mm. fits today's topic. It's a very short, maybe eight to 12 minute daily reflection, mm-hmm. and that I try to do that every day, especially if I just need a spiritual boost. It's just a good way to start the day. So that yeah. one, and then my last one that I could not delete, at least right now, is the Nike Run Club app. Okay. Not because I'm running that much. I'm running a little, but I use it to track my miles and to encourage me. And I'm currently doing a a, a challenge with some friends where we're trying to 
cover 2023 miles in the year 2023 between the four of us. Mm -hmm. So each of us has to do a little over 500 miles and I'm on track for about 600. So that's how I track my progress every Mm, day. Nice. Well, those are good ones. I, I, uh, I asked this question to somebody over the weekend because, um, was talking about starting this podcast interview and using this question and someone asked, well, is the phone an app? I know. I wondered is the, the same phone thing. An app, and I wasn't sure how to answer that. Yeah, like you know, because yeah. we just never use them for their intended purpose anymore. Right. But yeah, yeah. I, they said it was, but yeah. I don't know. I'm not sure. I I go with that. Good point. So, yeah. okay. Well, today we're um, talking a little bit about spirituality. And the title of this episode is Everyday Spirituality: How to um, Let's see. I'm going to make sure I say this right. How to deepen one's awareness of God without becoming a monk. Wonderful title. You came up with that. I'm not I'm not even going to pretend that I came up with that. You came <laughs> up with that. And so I, I'm excited. But um, let me ask this first. What does the word spirituality mean to you? Mm, it's a great question. And, and I think my answer would change depending on what day of the week it is. But right now, I would say that spirituality is an awareness of the spirit. I think the spirit is always with us, is always within us and around us. But a lot of times we don't pay attention. So mm. I think spirituality means paying attention to what's really real in our lives mm-hmm. and aligning ourselves with that, trying to live into that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want to give too much definition because I think it changes. Yeah. I feel like a lot of people define spirituality as, as, as related to religion. Like you can't experience spirituality without experiencing religion and and maybe vice versa. I don't know. But do you kind of make that connection or do you think there might be something more out there? You know, spirituality is part of my religion, but I know in today's culture, a lot of people consider themselves spiritual, but not religious. Mm -hmm. For me, religion means being connected to a group of people and I can't be aware of God without being connected to people. So for me, spirituality is connected to religion, but I think a lot of people have tried to seek a connection with the spirit without knowing what religion they belong to. And I think any seeking is good seeking. Yeah, that's great. So what has been your experience with spirituality? I know that's pretty loaded question can go lots of different ways, but you know, what, how have you experienced spirituality in your own life? Well, I think as as a young person in the church, and by that I mean as a child and a teenager, I wasn't exposed to much spirituality. But when I was in my early 20s, I began to understand that much of the Christian tradition has been rooted in spirituality in a way that I hadn't been. So learning how to meditate, learning mm-hmm. the, the art of contemplation, learning new ways to pray, um, reading the spiritual mystics mm-hmm. um, that go back throughout all of Christian history, even learning from other religious traditions the way they seek the spirit. Even if you're learning a Hindu practice or a Buddhist practice, you can apply that practice to your Christian beliefs. So for me, it was learning what priests and nuns and monks have done for thousands of years 
in order to practice the presence of God. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And so, which through that discovery or, or journeying of spirituality, what has really resonated with you as far as from a, a practice standpoint of mm-hmm. how does one practice spirituality, which seems kind of strange because it's not, it's often something we don't think of as something you can see and touch and feel, but in some ways it kind of is and something you can practice. So how have you experienced practice? What has resonated within your own soul as far as experiencing spirituality? Well, what's most effective for me, and it may not be what's most effective for everyone else, is to develop a, a discipline. So for me, my most effective discipline is to set aside the same time every day. I sit down on what I call a prayer pillow on the mm, floor. Okay. I light a candle and I ring a prayer bell and then I set my phone. I guess I should go back to <laughs> the t- the app because I would need the clock app. So then mm-hmm. I set a timer and I practice a mantra, maybe it's the word spirit, maybe it's the word Jesus, maybe mm. it's the word come, Lord Jesus, maybe, you know, during different seasons of the year it changes, maybe right. it's holy one, but I practice saying that word and I try to just calm down and listen and be quiet. And then I read a piece of scripture. I try to work through the Psalms and then, and then I might pick a word that I focus on from that Psalm then I try to read some kind of spiritual reading from a book, and then I pray, and that all takes about 20 minutes, sometimes 10 minutes, sometimes 30 minutes. Mm-hmm. And when I do that, I feel like it sets my day to be attuned to the Spirit for the rest of the day. Nice. So it's not like that's the only part of spirituality. It's just what gets me focused on an awareness of God. So one of the things you mentioned in there was um, using, whether it be scripture or some kind of spiritual reading. Um, I think a lot of people really struggle with the idea of, well, how do I read my Bible? And like, how do I study my Bible? And I'm just, a lot of people don't want to just read it, you know, surface level. I think that's what we're often taught is like, well, just read your Bible and you'll understand it. But really kind of that experience of reading scripture and taking that in. Um, I'm wondering if you could talk a little bit more about that. Like how, how do you, what is your plan as far, like, do you have a plan of like, oh, I'm going to engage this scripture this day? Or is it just kind of, oh, what kind of is speaking to me today? Where, where do you usually find where you go, whether it be scripture, like which scripture are you reading from in your mm-hmm. practice of spirituality or even what other text, other spiritual texts? Cause you mentioned that as well. So I think I do what's, a modified Lectio Divina, which is Lectio Uh Divina just means sacred reading. And I usually use the Psalms, but you could use the Gospels or sometimes I read one of the letters, not usually the Old Testament unless it's the Psalms. And I read one Psalm, and when I get to a word that jumps off the page at me, it might be the word joy, it might be the word agony, might be the word, um, I don't know, I'm trying to think of one that jumped out at me recently, might be the word tender mercy, could be a phrase, whatever word jumps off the page at me, then I just stop and reflect on why is that word of God connecting with me today? Gotcha. So that's how I do the text. And then I think it's a great question about what else to read. I'm looking around to see the name of the books. I think it's important to find a few books that really speak to you that are short meditations. Sometimes I use Howard Thurman. 
Sometimes I use this book called Prayers for All God's Servants, mm-hmm. and it's just little quotes. It might be from Richard Rohr or Henry Nowen or Thomas Merton, but somebody that you think really speaks wisdom in a paragraph or two. Mm-hmm. And so I read one or two of those until one speaks to me, and then I move on to something else. I mean, it's not really about information. It's really about inspiration. So yeah. I think whatever inspires you, that's what you should read. Right. I remember, um, and this is just going to probably tell more about me than about you, um, Lectio Divina, that word you used earlier, is something a lot of times they teach us to do in seminary. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that was your experience, but certainly was mine. We had to do an assignment on Lectio Divina during my first year. Yeah. I remember very specifically the first time that I ever did Lectio Divina, um, I definitely had, I ended it by hearing a knock on the closet door and Teresa saying, you've been in here an hour and it turns out I'd fallen asleep. And so I know (laughs) for Mm. some people, this can find, can feel kind of strange doing this practice. Mm. Um, And it might take a few times to really kind Mm -hmm. of be able to key in because we have just so many other things that are occupying our mind. And I know for you as, as pastor of a large church here, you've got lots of things that go on all the time. And I'm sure there's lots of ways you kind of mm-hmm. have to develop this focus when you're practicing exper- uh, spirituality. How, how do you feel like you've been able, like, or do you even feel like you've been able to cultivate a focus when you're doing spirituality? Well, it's easy to get distracted. It's easy to get bored. And that's why I think everybody needs their own practice. I think some people develop a practice while they're running or while they're walking. Some Lectio Divina is not for everybody. Some people read the scripture and then draw a picture or mm-hmm. write a poem or do yoga. I mean, I, I think and I think it changes even for me. It's not always the same year to year. Um, yeah, I'm not sure I'm answering your question. No, you definitely are. I mean, it's I. I I feel like it's something almost that you have to, like a muscle you work out, right? Absolutely. And that's why I value sabbatical because I get really good at it on sabbatical. Right. And I remember one time I was, and it's one of the reasons I like going to a monastery. I was meeting with a nun who was a spiritual director and I said to her, you know, for the silence part, would 10 minutes be good? And she goes, "Mm, maybe 20 minutes would be really good. And often I'm setting my timer and I'm thinking, it's a busy day. I'll just do five minutes of silence today. And then I think of her and I'm like, no, I'll do eight or 12 minutes of silence. <laughs> so it's 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 a challenge. And yeah. That's why it's important to me that it's a discipline that you repeat day after day. Right. Absolutely. So you brought up your sabbatical. And obviously we're talking now before you go on sabbatical, but you'll be on this now. And who knows where you'll be when we're actually releasing it. But you did talk, and you talked about this a little bit this past Sunday as well, um, going to the monastery, do, making that part of your practice. What does that, I think a lot of folks, you know, they hear monastery and they think monks and silence and and they have those different kind of 12th century images of their heads of castles or whatever, old church buildings. What does, mm-hmm. what does that experience actually look like? Because I know it's something you've done before and you're getting ready to do now. What does being at a monastery look like? I think people might be curious about that. It's a great question, and I I can understand why there's a mystique about it. Mm -hmm. And it is different at different monasteries. The first time I ever went to a monastery abroad was in England, and the nuns were cloistered 
And on my first day there, I plugged in my hairdryer and blew the fuse <laughs> and had to wake the nuns up in the middle of the night because I'd knocked out the power in that wing of the building. And I just remember thinking I'd ruined all of their solitude. Um, and the only time I really saw the nuns was at worship. And then they would have a daily tea time for about 30 minutes where you could talk to the other guests, but you didn't talk to the other nuns. And you would eat with the other guests, but in silence. So it was really very, very quiet. Mm -hmm. at, at, at another time, I went to a monastery and I stayed in a guest house with the other guests. And we all had dinner together every night. Mm -hmm. And we took walks together and, and they would go exploring the churches in the area and so it is different at each place. Um, the place I'm going to this summer, well, there's two places in France, and one of them is a group of nuns. They live in community there, and they make money for the for the convent mm -hmm. by making chocolate. So they have daily work, wow. and then they provide the meals, and and you have a room that you can sleep in, and then a, uh, usually it's a like a dormitory, and so down the hall is the, the restroom, and you you have worship five or six or sometimes eight times a day, and you can go to all of them or just some of them. Um, and then the other place I'm going to is on an island with monks, and they make wine. That's mm. how they make their living is they raise grapes and make wine. So it's a working community yeah. for them. And part of, usually I go to a place that's Benedictine, and part mm -hmm. of the rule of St. Benedict is hospitality. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so they make it part of their mission to provide a sacred place where people can come and have solitude. And some people might be there just because they need a break from the corporate world. Other people might be religious like me, trying to, you know, seek some kind of spiritual insight. I use it as a time of study where I just can voraciously read all day and then take walks in between and go to worship. I, I, I like to go to Atchison. Have you been to Atchison? No, I haven't. Yeah. Um, there's a religious community there of retired nuns and they okay. have a guest house. And up until COVID, I went there once or twice a year for a week and stayed in an old house that they have. But I like going to worship with the nuns. And it's great to go there because the worship is in English, whereas if you go abroad, yeah. you might be worshiping in whatever language right. they speak. I think it's amazing that there are these communities that you wouldn't even know about. Mm -hmm. Like I remember we went up to the the Wisconsin, um, it's, it's along the Mississippi River. And in the upper Midwest, it's a huge Catholic population up there. And um, we stayed at an Airbnb and our host told us like, yeah, the person who cleans here is actually a nun because part of their thing with contemplation is it's both work and prayer. Mm -hmm. And so, I mean, you you never know. Like, I didn't know about Atchison. I've been yeah. to Atchison, but I didn't yeah. know about it. So yeah. that's that's awesome. Yeah, it, it was. I think that community was there because the university was there. Mount mm -hmm. St. Scholastica is what it's right. called. Um, and then the, the retired nuns live there in a nursing home. Yeah. Um, but they have a whole spiritual center and you can go there for classes and groups and yeah. That's great. Um, so one of the things that I think when we talk about spirituality, especially from like something that we, and I say we as we as clergy mm. kind of, um, take for granted is that like, this is our career. Like this is part, like 
part of our understanding is we need to have this spiritual life because we're preaching, we're leading people, we're doing all these things. And I think sometimes for folks that aren't clergy, they're kind of ask themselves, well, I'm so busy. Like, why would I bother deepening my spirituality? I don't even know what that means. Or maybe they say, you know, I, I pray with my kids. I pray before dinner. I, you know, that's practicing spirituality for us. And I go to church and, um, but kind of what we've been talking about is this different kind of practice where you're intentionally setting time away to practice spirituality. And in a world that's so busy, what do you think the benefits? Why should somebody improve their, like, I don't want to say improve. That's a terrible word. How, why should somebody intentionally practice yeah. spirituality when there's just so much other things? Schedules are so busy. What, why even bother? Well, I guess the first thing I would say is if nothing's missing, then you don't need to go find it. You don't need to fix it. Maybe, maybe your spiritual life is in terrific shape and you feel attuned to God's spirit. And if I woke up every day and I felt attuned to God's presence and I could stay in that place all the, all the day until I go to sleep at night, I wouldn't bother adding a spiritual discipline. Mm, okay. Um, but for me, life is richer, deeper, more vivid, um, more life-giving when I am practicing the spirit. Um, you know, sometimes in prayer, we remember the lady down the street who just had surgery. Mm. And then when we get up, we think, I'm going to call her. I'm going to drop yeah. off a pound cake to her. I'm going to pick some flowers from my garden and drop them off to her. So I think it shapes how we live our lives. But if you are the person that wakes up and you already are loving and kind to your children and your spouse and your neighbors, probably you don't need to add this in. Okay. Um, but most people, I think, struggle with where is God? Is God within me? Is God between us in our relationships? Is God in the world? And how do I know the reality of that? Yeah. Yeah, that's... I also think maybe, like for me, sometimes the practicing spirituality, being intentional about it, might also even come in seasons. Yeah, and I think most people, like everybody that's listening to this podcast, I bet they could all tell us one thing that they could be doing in their lives mm. that would make their lives more grace-filled, more lively, but they're not doing them. We all have things, but we don't do them. Mm -hmm. So the, whatever it is, maybe it's exercising more, maybe it's eating healthier, maybe it's coming to worship. Maybe it's reading. I think we all have things that would empower us to live more aware of God. Yeah. So let me ask that question then, and maybe you've already answered it. Uh, how does one raise their awareness of God without becoming a monk? <laughs> well, I think that's different for each one of us. Mm -hmm. I don't think we're all called to withdraw right. from the world and be a monk. I think some people are called to that, and I'm glad those people are there. I remember the first time I went to a monastery, it was the year after 9-11. And the women told me that when, and they were in England, they said, 
when 9-11 happened, we immediately went into the chapel and started praying. And I realized that even though they were cloistered nuns, they were deeply connected to the rest of the world. And it gave me comfort to know that those people are praying for the whole world and the problems of the world. Um, how do they practice the presence of God without becoming a nun? It's, it's like, or a monk, it's like everybody doesn't need to be a minister. Right. To be a faithful Christian. Absolutely. And everybody doesn't need to be a monk or a nun in order to be God's person in this world. We need to each do what we're called to do. If you're a teacher, maybe it's uh, getting to your desk a few minutes early in the morning and saying a prayer uh, about the children that you know are coming in. Mm-hmm. I think each person has a way of engaging where they live. If yeah. you're a parent, it may be praying with your kids at night yeah. or singing a set of songs with your kids at night or or not looking at your phone when you're at the park with your mm. kid and just watching them explore the ladybugs. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, I I think I think people search for those kind of things, right? Mm-hmm. You know, I think there's this understanding of like we we want self-improvement or we want to better take care of ourselves. And just sometimes we just don't quite know how, but yet kind of like you're suggesting, sometimes those things are right in front of us. Mm -hmm. You know, it Mm -hmm. is being more intentive in Mm -hmm. making those connections with each other. It is more, you know, the simple things that we were taught even as a child, like, Mm -hmm. you know, saying prayers, whatever it may be. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I, I also like what you mentioned in your own practice of, of mantras. You know, mm-hmm. that's, that's my big spiritual thing is, is yeah. kind of that, you know, you find that word or phrase and you focus in on it. And I might be even be doing it, you know, the couple minutes before I get out of my car going in here or right. like, you know, at, at home when I'm washing dishes, you know, trying to concentrate on that word or phrase, like God, give me peace or, yes. you know, like whatever it may be, like it, it can work into your everyday life. You just yeah. have to. It's, it is that intentionality. You know, one of my favorite authors is David White. Do you know him? No, I'm not. He wrote a book a few years ago, I guess it's been about eight years ago, called Consolations. And it's just, um, he'll take a word like work or rest or play and just write an essay on it. And they're beautiful. And when I walked the Camino with some friends, we just did the, the one week Camino in Spain. And every morning we read one of David White's readings and it's just a page or maybe two pages. And then we started walking and we walked in silence for an hour and then we would talk the rest of the day. We were together, you know, maybe eight more hours that day and we would talk. Well, people on the trail or at the bed and breakfast where we were staying, they would find out that we were reading this and they all wanted to know about it. Ah. And maybe they weren't on a spiritual journey, but they all wanted to write down this book. And some people would say, well, can we listen to the reading with you? And what do you do after you read? Well, we walk in silence for an hour. Mm-hmm. So I think most people do have a hunger, a spiritual yeah. hunger. Yeah. there's. I mean, we could go for days on this. I know there's been a lot of work um, done. I, I, right now I'm reading a book from um, Rain Wilson, the yes. actor that played yes. Dwight in the office. Yes, about, yes. About, the Camino. Um, yeah, about... Um, called soul boom is new one about yeah. the spiritual revolution and yes. kind of needing to, to counteract some of the negativity and, and cynicism in the world. Mm-hmm. You know, you, you look at this kind of renewed interest in spirituality, right. whether it 
whether it be Christian or not, like it, it, there is this hunger there. And I think it's more there than we realize. And and people might be listening and say, yeah, I want to do this too. But you might also know people who also want to find that out. And I think being open to talking about spirituality is something that we need to do better of as a society. Right. Yeah. Um, Yeah. um, So just kind of on that note, as we're kind of finishing up here, if someone wanted to know more about spirituality or read more or study someone or, or a resource, what would, what would be something you might recommend? Well, I think that pray as you go app is really great. And that's a good place to start. It's really easy and simple. And I always say it's, it's, it's pray as you go. So you can do it while you're going somewhere else where you're running, walking, driving carpool, going to walking into the office, whatever. Um, I think that's the simplest, easy place to start. Um, but I I like to say that we are not human beings on a spiritual journey. Mm. We are spiritual beings on a human journey. Mm-hmm. And so I think whatever helps you practice that, do that. That's great. That's awesome. Well... Um, my last question for you is the last question we'll ask every single person that goes on this podcast. If you had only, and maybe you just said it, but if you only had one thing, one thing in one or two sentences that someone could know about everyday spirituality, what would you want them to know? God is within you. Mm -hmm. That's right. Mm -hmm. That's right. Well, thank you, Carla, so much for being willing to be our first guest here. And, um, certainly looking forward to, um, having more conversations and I hope you have a great time on sabbatical. I know you'll be on it when this comes out, but I hope you're having a good time and um, we're, we're all looking forward to having you back when you come back in the fall. Thank you so much. Thanks for getting this started. I'm excited about it and I can't wait to hear the rest of them. Absolutely. Thank you for listening to no pulpit required. Our producer is Dan Warnicky. Shannon Gammon is our publicity manager. No pulpit required is a ministry of country club Christian church. Here at Country Club Christian Church, we are committed to meeting you where you are and walking alongside you on your spiritual journey to a life with greater meaning. Find out more at cccc, that's four C's, kc.org. The views expressed in this podcast are of the individual and not necessarily the views of Country Club Christian Church.